Hi, Explorers. Thanks for listening to Kids Who Explore Parent Edition. Come along with us as we cover all corners of raising kids in the outdoors. Thank you so much to Sawyer for sponsoring today's podcast. Sawyer is a brand that makes rad clothes for wild and adventurous kids. It was started by a husband and wife team from Park City, Utah. The duo recognized the many benefits of kids spending time in the outdoors. Sawyer also recognized the fact that on average, children spend eight to 10 times more of their free time on electronics than they do playing outdoors. Compared to their parents' generation, that's about half as much outdoor time. Sawyer believes that childhood memories should be strewn with sunny days, fresh air, riding bikes in the rain, and simply exploring and connecting with nature. Sawyer exists solely to encourage kids to be outside and be adventurous, to play in the wild. Here at Kids Who Explore, we've had the pleasure of dressing our own kids in Sawyer goods, and we love their adorable prints for kids, their comfortable material, and of course, their wonderful sayings that inspire outdoor adventures. Check out besawyer.com to get your kids decked out too. Hey everyone, I'm Cindy Dowsett, mama to six-year-old son Jackson and three-year-old daughter Naya. Hi, I'm Lauren Ruddock Everly, mama to baby girl, one and a half-year-old Collins. We're excited to be your host today. Laura Conover, MD, is also known as the intuition physician. She says that she loves approaching health and well-being from every angle and offering the most helpful solution to her patients. She started studying and practicing medicine. And then when her first daughter was born, she listened to her heart and paved her own unique path. Since then, she has grown her family, but you can also find her speaking as an expert on grounding, running online health classes, making art, writing books, designing grounding tools, and of course, grounding herself. Thanks so much for coming on today, Dr. Conover. Oh, thanks for having me. I've been looking forward to it. Appreciate it. Yeah, we're so excited to have you. So I myself started out in university taking all my science and pre-med courses, specifically neuroscience. And I found that I too gravitated towards traditional medicine and actually became a doctor of acupuncture. So I'm very interested to learn more about that intuitive part of your title and what that means to you before we get into talking about your grounding tools. Um, Okay. Oh gosh. (laughs) Well, the intuitive part to me means recognizing that in medicine or healthcare that, or really any aspect, if you're just looking at the tangible, so like the labs I would order or the x-ray or even the physical exam, that's awesome. I'm not saying to ignore that. I need that information to make an educated, you know, uh, assessment, but that is one half the pie. The other half of the pie is what does this person align with? Because if this person doesn't align with some particular healing modality, a diet you want to put them on, or even something dramatic like a surgery or chemotherapy, if they don't align with it, it's not helpful to their body, their human body. It's not helpful to their health for healing. So you really have to take into account where they're at and their gut knowings and even your own. I mean, I literally scan my body to feel like what is my gut pulling me to. And that's actually why I left conventional medicine. If I could tell a really quick story, the the reason I decided not to go back into conventional medicine is I became a mom. I had my daughter and obviously I started seeing people in a whole new light being a mom. All of a sudden, every patient is like a a child, someone's child. And I hadn't seen it that way before. So before, you know, rushing them out in 15 minutes, not that big of a deal because I thought I was taking very good care of them. Well, after becoming a mom, I tried to re-enter that world. And I remember I had a a young lady who just wanted a birth control refill and I did a quick pelvic exam and gave her the prescription and she left and all day long in my gut, I was so nauseous. I just had a bad feeling. I just thought, why didn't you ask her if she was safe? Why didn't you ask her who her partner, you know what I mean? Like, why didn't you ask her? You just gave her prescription to have a intimate relationship and to protect herself, which is great. But like, I don't, if that's my daughter, I want someone making sure that the relationship she's in is 
consensual and that she feels safe and that it's supporting her spirit and her growth. And I just got so sick over it. I literally walked into the bathroom and threw up. And then I said, I'm not seeing patients like this anymore. And you can't stay in conventional medicine and have any time for your intuition. So you have to either bow out or do private practice or some other way where you can spend a little bit more than a few minutes with someone. What did, did you ever see this patient again? No, I literally stopped. I literally took a leave of absence. I re-entered completely differently. I have to so, say yeah. that is beyond impressive. I think what you're doing is magical. <laughs> Absolutely you. not. Well, and you know what? I wish that there were more doctors in today's world that are like you, because that is, that is amazing. Well, you can imagine like most people who knew me, I hadn't even paid off med school debt yet. And they were like, what are you doing? You know, you're wasting your life. You just spent 20 something years and you finally were getting going after having kids, you know what I mean? Getting back in the swing of things. And I was really scared because I didn't even know that the career I've now developed was waiting for me at all. So I just was like, I didn't get very good feedback. Let's put it that way at the time. So, but you listened to your that. gut and yeah. you went with it and that's incredible. That's where I felt yeah. that pull too. When I was yeah. doing my studies and I was so, just so fascinated with the brain and brain behavior. And I really wanted to study that side of medicine. And then it became when I was shadowing other doctors, not saying anything negative about these doctors because they were wonderful human beings too. But I just felt like we were being band-aids or it was just that, that quick turnover, like you're talking about. And that's where I started to feel this gravitational pull towards something else, because I wanted to, I wanted to help people from the root. What was the actual cause of the problem? And it sounds like you chose that path as well. Mm -hmm. Because what scared me when I was in medical school, because I always thought, and you probably felt this too, in your uh, education, like I thought once I got there, I'd get this magic key and I'd know what, what makes people healthy. And I'd have this magic, like finally I'd understand and I'd be able to help everyone and cure everyone. And then the longer I was in there, the more I realized that we don't know what we're doing, like literally at all. We don't know why a disease emerges and why then, and why with this genetics and why that person and not this person and why the remission and this one doesn't, we don't really know. And sometimes even with the medications, we don't even know how they literally work. So it kind of like when I left, I was realizing that it's kind of a, it's not a smoke show because I, I really think healthcare professionals are trying to help. I think it's in good intention, but like, we are not, we're just fire hosing and hoping the fire doesn't start again, you know, and it, instead of like understanding something a little deeper. So to me, I was very disappointed in conventional medicine for that. Cause I just, I really thought I'd learned this. Like I kept waiting, like even when I graduated, I'm like, okay, so now, now how do you do it? You know, <laughs> And I realized there isn't an answer. There isn't an answer totally that can be taught clinically. Right. And you wanted to help people. And that's exactly what you're doing now. I appreciate so much of your work. I appreciate all of your work. I really started to get into grounding and to look at all your work after I became a mom too. So like you said, that mama intuition and yeah. And a big part of it for me was the physical component. So once you become a mom, you get yourself in all these weird positions. And one time I actually threw my back out mm -hmm. and that's when I was like, Hey, how do I solve this so that I don't keep doing this again and again? And that's when I started grounding. So since then my husband and my daughter and I ground daily in some aspect, we love to do it the, the barefoot way as much yeah. as possible. That's awesome. Yeah. And I see such a difference in my daughter. I know you have stories about that too, where even you'd ground and you'd hold your daughter and she would just become calm. And that's what it is. If my daughter's even a little bit upset and I get her outside and get her shoes and socks off and just let her run through the grass, all of a sudden she's just at peace. Mm -hmm. So I've seen the difference in all of us every day. And as like the more, the better, yeah. but 
I now I'm so obsessed with grounding or earthing that I just talk about it. Like everyone knows about it. And I don't think hey. everyone fully knows yeah, that's awesome. what that means. So can you give an overview of what grounding is and what its benefits are? So when I talk about grounding, I'm talking about it, like physically touching the earth. Absolutely. You putting your conductive body, which your head to toe conductive and every cell in your body is conductive and touching. So sort of like plugging into the earth's heartbeat, the earth actually has a its own like natural EMF field. It pulsates out. It actually has a heartbeat. We showed that in the grounded movie and heal for free that the, the earth actually has its own field that pulses out the Schumann resonance. And if you touch it, literally physically touch it, it instantaneously makes measurable change. So you feel the change, but I could put you into a, a, a medical study and look at your brain waves and they really do change. They go into a healing pattern, or I could look at your muscle tension. And when you are conductively touching the earth, it literally drops. Um, and then over time, like you said, larger changes, changes to inflammation in the body and your know, sleep patterns normalize and tons of stuff happens over time when you're grounded. But when I'm talking about grounding, I do mean kind of that centering feeling of bringing your energy down and, and being in the moment, but more so I, I mean, directly touching the earth in some way. And something you talk a lot about is grounding in all seasons. Mm -hmm. So where we live here in Canada, it can get pretty intense. And I'm wondering what are some ways that you can tell patients or friends to practice in the winter? Like, yeah, well, so there is a whole world of indoor grounding. So if people really, if it's just hideous outside or a lot of times how I, why I turn to indoor grounding is patients with mobility issues. Cause it's not just so simple for everyone to say, go outside and take your shoes off. Like if you're bedridden, if you're in rehab, if you have mobility problems. So there is a role for indoor grounding and that might come into play if the weather's really severe, but when it's not as so severe and you can still go outside, I switch to hands usually because you can keep little hand warmers in your pockets, you know, like bean bags that you can microwave or whatever and you keep them warm. You can even wear conductive gloves. And then it's so much easier to touch things with your hands through conductive gloves or just alternating your hands than it is obviously to be barefoot. You don't want to be barefoot on ice. You don't want frostbite, that kind of thing. So typically I say switch to hands um, and thinking about that and not just the ground because anything that's connected to the ground that's living like a tree even non-living things that are conductive, like a rock or sidewalk, a metal pole in the ground, which you know is conductive because it's metal, they're all grounded. So you don't have to like always be reaching with your hands down to the ground. You can, if you're, even if you're in an urban setting and you're waiting to cross the street, if you put your hand on the signpost and while you're waiting for the light to change, that you're grounded that whole time, just standing there. So I typically like think of hands. And then the other thing I like to employ, and I used to do with the kids a lot is holding hands with someone. If that other person is grounding, you're also grounded because you're directly touching their conductive body with your conductive body. And it's a chain. You could have 50 people straight holding hands and the last person would still be grounded. So um, my children never cared about the cold as much as I do because I get cold super easy. So I would be all bundled up, but then holding my child's hand and that both our hands in my pocket, but the kids would be touching everything. And so I knew I was grounding through them and even through your pet. So sometimes now I ground through my dog outside because I don't really want to get dirty. I don't have time. I'm running out for a few minutes, but if I'm petting my dog, I'm grounded through anything that's living, that's touching the earth. So there's lots of ways you can get around it when it's cold. There's actually this really cool acupuncture pen. Uh, it doesn't have a needle, but it has a little, um, it's like it has a barbecue starter inside. So it creates yeah. this click. And yes. we've actually yes. done this um, technique to show our patients the effectiveness of that con conductivity yes. and having everyone stand in a circle holding hands. And then you um, hit a point on one person and it goes to everybody. Mm -hmm. It's It's amazing how conductive our body is. And that's why it's shocking to me that this is 
considered a new modality? Because if we think about it, if our human design is that literally every cell of our body is conductive and most work on the basis of electrical impulse. So our brain, the reason I'm talking right now is my nerves are being innervated, my diaphragm, my tongue, the, taking a breath in, everything, your heartbeat, everything relies on an impulse and a conductivity to the body. And, and even things that you wouldn't think of like bone is also conductive. Connective tissue is conductive. Scar tissue is conductive. So if our entire body inside and out is completely conductive, what are we, like, where's the energy pad? Like what, if we were divinely designed to be conductive, what are we supposed to be plugging into? Like, why would we be designed to be fully conductive from head to toe and all of our operating systems functioning on conductivity if we were meant to be like isolated and up and like protected in a plastic world? It, you know what I mean? It would, just wouldn't have evolved that way because right. then there's no recharge for this body. So what I like to think of is, is when people get a phone, you spend a lot of money on a phone, you would never charge it once, use it till battery dies and then toss it in the trash. You would restore the battery, but we take better care of our electronics. Like we are born and we have a functioning body and then it deteriorates over time. And then we get mad that our body is building inflammation and not feeling good. And instead of just like recharging it. So we're like really hard on ourselves living things but for our electronics role you know oh you see people just charging their electronics all the time monitoring the battery power and so it's just it's insane and even in our home we'll ground our hot water systems and our you know our plumbing and our fridge has to be grounded for safety and but we're not still like it's crazy to me human beings take better care of inanimate objects than themselves absolutely i don't know how many times i've had this conversation and i love that you're bringing it up today in your opinion then, is do you feel like this is why everyone, including children especially, get so calm in nature when we're playing outside, especially children who are digging in the dirt or sand and playing with branches and trees? Yeah, um, lots of layers of that because even just visualizing greenery, literally, like even if you just brought a plant into a computer lab, people function better. There's medical studies that show that. So there's some part of it that's psychological, then there's a, some part of it that's not about conductivity because just being exposed to different um, you know, microbiome outside and plant pheromones and things like that. So there's definitely layers, even if you're not directly touching the earth, but it's not just my opinion. There are literal medical studies that show that directly touching the earth actually changes your brainwave patterns and supports vagal tone. So it gets you out of stress, gets you out of hyper reactivity and puts you into a healing mode, calms your central nervous system and actually boosts your heart, your lung, um, the function of your digestive tract. So, and that's pretty instantaneous. That doesn't take a long time for that to shift and be noticeable on medical studies. And I'm glad you brought up inflammation because I find that's the word that usually gets people when I say that, that it helps with inflammation because so many of us experience inflammation and that's because we've stepped so far away from nature. So yeah. this little thing, which is a big thing, will be so helpful to people if they just even know what it is, right? If we just start talking about it. Yeah, because the more we understand about the human body and how we have to reset conduct conductively, also the more we understand how when we're completely disconnected, inflammation accrues. And it's turning out study after study after study that all the things that we thought was just natural aging, you know, even dementia, that kind of arthritis is actually not natural aging. It's a buildup of inflammation. So it's kind of resetting our idea of the longevity of the human body and our, you know, anticipation of how we're supposed to age or maybe ways we don't really need to. Right. Okay. And then for kids, cause at kids who explore, we're all about getting kids outside. My for daughter sure. loves being outside. I think all kids love being outside. All people love being outside. 
but again, we've stepped too far away from it. So we want to get people outside. We want to get people grounding. But my daughter in her 18 months of life has lived in four different houses <laughs> and each of those places has had a beautiful gift for grounding and then each of them has had a little bit of a challenge. So I thought I'd bring some of those up to you today selfishly so I learned, do it. Yeah. but then also so that it hopefully helps some other people. So she was born on Long Island in New York and we had a backyard, which was amazing because she would just, like I said, run around in the grass all the time. But Long Island is really bad for ticks. Mm -hmm. So what do you recommend? We are always spraying ourselves up with natural tick spray, but uh, what do you recommend for people who want to ground, but need to be careful of ticks? Um, well, definitely you probably want to stay away from tall grasses and just places where, you know, ticks hide out. So if you can uh, have your lawn, usually I'm not into like mowing the lawn. Cause I feel like our landscaping should be sort of like edible landscaping instead of wasted on grass. But in the, in the case of ticks, you do want like a mowed lawn, if you can have chickens, they'll eat the ticks and, you know, a lot of uh, behavioral modifications like that. But I would never let fear of a tick keep me from being outside because I know that my body depends on being naturally connected to the earth in order to stay healthy. So I would rather use, like you mentioned, I, I am a big fan of cedar oil. So there's Cedar Side is the company that I really like and they have a tick shield. So I use that liberally so much that my daughter, every time I spray the cedar oil, she's like, that's the smell of my childhood coming back. You know, she teases me all the time because she's in college now, but she just still remembers if she smells cedar, anything, it's like, oh God, there, <laughs> there's my childhood smell. Anyway, so that, and you can spray it on pets too, so they don't bring it in. And then you do want to be careful, like, especially if it's, if you're in an area where there are a lot of ticks or it's, if you know, you've been outside, like, and they've been climbing trees or in tall grasses. I mean, you definitely want to do a once over. I would rather go outside get grounded and then come in and take a shower so I can feel every inch of my scalp and throw all of my clothes and even my shoes in the um, dryer. You don't even have to wash them. If you put them in the dryer after 10 minutes, if there was a tick on any of your stuff, it, it won't be alive anymore. So I'd rather just do that every time, but not prohibit going outside. Amazing. Thank you. And I should also direct people to, we do have a tick episode. So direct people yeah. to our tick episode. Yeah, do that. Yeah. Because if they find a tick, I'm sure you say in your episode that you can you don't even have to freak out. You can literally just send it in and get tested and you'll know if it had Lyme and right. you'll know in three days. So um, plenty of time to get like on a, you know, antimicrobial if you need to. Right. And, and to not worry about it if, if you don't need to. So I do recommend if you do find a tick and one that's anchored on, you want to send that in for testing. Okay. Thank you. But yeah, let's not be afraid of getting outside because yeah. of ticks. I'm glad you said that. Yeah. So then we moved to Calgary, Alberta in Canada and same thing. She had a backyard to run in. So that was wonderful with the grass. And we also had dug a sand pit into the earth, but it's play sand. So I was yeah. curious, can you ground on play sand? You can, but it does require moisture. So grounding really only needs two things. It requires moisture and some, uh, some minerals for con good conductivity. So we want to make sure we have minerals in our body and where our body is hydrated and then whatever surface you're touching. So if you have thick, super dry sand, it's possible and maybe even probable that you're not grounded, but if it's moist or your child is sweating because it's hot outside, like if you're on the beach and you're sweating, it's probably enough moisture um, to get grounded. But if you could go to moist sand or let her play with, I always let my kids like play with a hose in the sandbox, you know what I mean? So then, you know, they're totally grounded. So it's conductive, but it's not creating its own grounding field, if that makes sense. So it's relying on the earth under the sand to bring it through you. And it can, but it does require some moisture. Same with like sidewalks. It's definitely more conductive if it's moist outside or your foot is sweating. That's, I think, naturally why our feet has the highest density of sweat glands is to provide that contact. I mean, I feel like we were 
divinely designed to literally be grounded outside with little effort. And so um, just think moisture when you're, so grounding in the morning dew, putting a sprinkler out, even pouring a glass of water on the ground, it would all enhance conductivity. Okay, that's a wonderful solution. Thank you. Yeah, I think it's also good to point out because maybe we didn't mention in this episode is that the rubber sole of your shoe is keeping you from being grounded. So that's why we're talking about all these ways that your skin can touch the earth. Yeah, and similar to the rubber shoe, there's some earth surfaces outside that won't ground you. So if you paint metal, then touching the paint, you're not going to be grounded or um, you'll be grounded on sidewalk, but on the road with that has the black tar, the asphalt, that is sort of like putting a shoe on it. So even though it should be conductive, it's not going to be grounded. So um, Right. And you've talked about like how in your garage, if you have an unsealed garage, you could ground there, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. That's another thing that I um, would have been good to mention during when asking about in winter, you probably can find a sheltered place in your home that's grounded because most pipes are grounded. So when you're washing your hand, if you had a ground test meter and I, every time I've ever tested any water flow, it's always been grounded. So when you're washing the dishes, you're probably grounding. When you're taking a bath, it's possible that you're grounding if the, drain, if it, the water is sitting on the drain and the drain is grounded. Most people have some kind of sheltered something, whether it's a garage or a basement, or you even just have a little shed some way that, or even if you go to a park that has like a gazebo or something that's a little more sheltered from the elements, almost always those surfaces are grounded. And then the one thing to mention about that isn't grounded is when we were talking about it requires moisture. So just to be aware that dry lumber, so although a tree would be grounded because it's living and it has moisture in its leaves and it's uh, in the trunk, in the sap, it, once it's lumber, it's not. So some people think they're grounded like on their patio that's, you know, dead wood, that kind of thing then, but you're not. Okay. That's really good to point out too. I didn't know that one. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Okay. So now we're in Seattle, Washington and we're living in an apartment. So I'm really resonating with all these things you're talking about with winter too. We've been doing a lot of grounding through our hands and we also, which we'll talk about it in a little bit too, but uh, are using a lot of sources for inside so that we can still ground inside. Cause I don't feel like I really want my daughter to be running around on grass outside downtown here not knowing what's been left behind yeah like but, glass and yeah exactly and yeah I got you. yeah but I'm curious about artificial turf if artificial turf is on the ground can you ground through that or does that kind of block? I don't know any artificial turf that's conductive I think they should bake that I absolutely think there's so many things they should make like and will probably eventually like even a vase that holds flowers should be grounded because the flowers last two and three times longer. So hotels that spend millions of dollars on floral arrangements in their lobby should all be grounding their vases. They'll cut their floral budget and have, you know, there's so many wow. surfaces. Sofas <laughs> could be grounded. Rugs should be ground. And we have conductive material. We have carbon that's conductive. We have fiber optics that are conductive. So we, we and we know how to make things grounded, but unfortunately as of yet, I haven't, I've never seen artificial turf that wouldn't block grounding like a shoe. On that topic, I was actually hoping that you could talk a little bit about the products you've created for grounding inside. Um, that's awesome. Thank you. Um, I, yeah, so I was very disappointed in what is available uh, by big grounding chains and Amazon. And I mean, you can find crappily made like plastic polyester based sheets or plastic mats that are, they call leatherette, but it's really just vinyl. And first of all, I don't think that's good for the human body. You just can't breathe and it's not natural for us to be in contact with that, especially if people sleep on it all night long and they're sweating on it, it's kind of gross. And then on top of it, I feel like it's so rude because we're reaching to the earth to support our health, but I'm gonna have that sit in a landfill for 500 years after I can't use it anymore. I mean, I think it's horrible. So there were no organic, like natural fiber biodegradable grounding products. 
So I just start, I have them handmade now out of like organic hemp and um, all natural cotton and silver. And I use stainless steel as the conductive element because you can wash it over and over and over again and not worry about it degrading. So, but I think I'm a very small percentage of the grounding tools out there, but I just think let's like, if it's healthy for us, let's also make sure it's like not harming the earth. That doesn't make any sense to me. Absolutely. So, yeah, yeah. so there's, I make everything, you know, wristbands, um, mats you can sleep on. Um, my favorite's probably, especially in the winter, a little hot water bottle cozy that's conductive that you can ground the hot water bottle. So I sleep with that every night because I hate being cold. So I sleep with my hot water bottle that's uh, grounding me. So just lots of different uh, creative ways I have thought to try and get things grounded. I might have to try that hot water bottle. Yeah, I love <laughs> that sounds it. lovely. Yeah. Um, Lauren also bought recently bought some strips from your website to put on the bottom of her, her hiking shoes as well. Oh yeah, that's true. That's true. For our exploring families yes. with your kids. Yeah, that's a great idea. So there are, so that way also it's a little more eco-friendly because you don't, there are grounding shoes you can buy, but if you don't want to invest in like getting all new shoes for your family, which they're generally made out of plastic, again, the whole landfill thing, but you already have shoes you like, especially if you have gait issues or for your children and, and a lot of athletes that need cleats and specialized shoes, you can just stick a conductive carbon-based sticker that goes from the sole of your shoe on the outside up and then into where you're slipping your foot on, on the inside. And then it's like your barefoot because it's, it, it, conductivity is instantaneous. It's like flipping a light switch on. So the second your shoe steps on a grounded outdoor earth surface, your whole body's grounded from head to toe or going around that shoe up to your foot. So that's an awesome solution too. Yeah. And would these um, things that you've designed be safe for children as well as adults? Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah. I and mean, the human body is a human body. In fact, there is an awesome medical study about grounding that looked at babies in the NICU. So babies that are so premature, they really shouldn't even be born yet. They're, you know, being um, supported in a NICU because they can't bioregulate their, their body temperature. Even they can't tr have trouble breathing, eating, that kind of stuff. And they grounded and think about how much EMFs they're in and how disconnected they are in a little plastic bassinet with all these um, appliances stuck to them, which is, we need it because we monitor the body that way. And that's further proof of how conductive we are, because that's how we monitor the body. We watch brainwave patterns. We watch a heart rate with an EKG. So we know the body's conductive. And so those little babies who are totally disconnected and not usually even being held by their parent yet because they're too unstable. So they're not even getting that kind of grounding to their own parents. So they grounded these children in the NICU and there was a statistically significant improvement in their vagal tone and their heart rate variability um, and other parameters that would suggest um, the health of, and longevity and survival benefits. So I, so really if these NICU babies can be grounded and should be grounded, then yeah, for sure. Any age. How many people know about this study? I feel like that's huge. I you hear about babies in NICU all the time. And I feel like everybody should know that. That's amazing. They should, they should be on my newsletter because I've been blogging about it a thousand times, but you're right. I don't, you know, you don't hear that much about it. So this is um, the first time I've heard of it. Yeah. Well, on my website, I do have, if you go to the tab at the top, you can click medical studies and it does have a list of the past 25 years of medical studies on grounding. So it's definitely in there. If you want to read it for yourself, it's awesome. Awesome. I will for sure. So all this information can be found on your website. Yes. Can you plug all the places where people can find you to follow along? <laughs> sure, I'd love to. Well, my website is intuition-physician.com. And like I said, a great resource on there is the medical studies page. And uh, um, there's uh, also a free newsletter. I have a lot of free content. Most of my day is spent making free content because I really feel like people need to know this and people generally don't, even though it makes intuitive sense, they just haven't heard about it. So my newsletter is generally about grounding. Um, I do a podcast sporadically, but 
not always about grounding, just about different holistic health topics. And I have, I don't love social media, but I do have Instagram. I do have Facebook. And the biggest thing is the biggest following so far is just TikTok. I have a TikTok channel. And for some reason, people seem to like that the most. So um, I've got a lot of different ways you can find me. Wonderful. We'll link all of that up in the show notes. Thank you for today. It's been wonderful learning from you. I was already obsessed with grounding, but even more so now. Nice. In the last few months, what was your best purchase under $100? Let's end with some of these. <laughs> I'll just be totally dead honest. This is so dumb, but I literally for $19 bought an egg uh, rapid cooker. And every morning, so I can multitask and check emails and make a piece of toast. Just stick some eggs in there. And so I, now I've switched and I have so much more energy. So I start every day with a soft boiled egg. That's so dumb, but it has literally changed my life because the whole house doesn't smell like egg. I don't have to boil it on the stove, you know? So that, honestly. Anything to make a productive morning. I stand behind. <laughs> I love your book. I read your book. And I, like I told you before we start recording, I have the book for kids as well that I love reading to my daughter. And I learned so much from that as well. So I'd love if you shared that. But after you share that, can you also share if there's any other books, shows, or podcast recommendations that you think people should listen to? Sure. Um, so my book is called the earth prescription and I wrote it exactly for exactly your, to answer your questions, because I go, I know that during different seasons and if you live in an urban setting, it's just not everyone. I don't even have a backyard. I don't have that luxury. So I know what it is to want to do something healthy for your body and not know how. So it's literally a season by season, just lists of ideas you can do every day. You can just randomly flip and do a different thing every day. And it's very child-friendly because most of the ideas I came up with, with my own kids. So um, I would love people to look, check out the earth prescription, but I was thinking about it because most of your, um, your followers are parents, obviously. So I think my favorite parenting book recently is called Only Love Today by Rachel Stafford. It's so awesome. It is just short snippets and it totally resets your mind frame. You know, when you're tired or you just hit a wall or it's just this tiny snippet and it just recenters me into like, oh my gosh, let all that stress go and just enjoy right this second. I love it. I couldn't, I can't recommend it enough. Oh, beautiful. Thank you. Was it you, Laura? I brought this up in another podcast. Was it you that talked about going with your daughter to check when the moon changes? Yes. <laughs> yeah, that was in my book. Yeah. So I did, I got into this habit, like, and I had never done that my whole life. And if you've never done that, even if you don't have kids go outside for every full moon and just stand there, that's where we would take a chance for grounding. We would do it barefoot. Even if we had hot chocolate blankets around us, or we'd ground through our hands or whatever, we'd make a little bonfire, but look up. It is so fascinating because I didn't realize some moons are so bright. You literally have a shadow and see, and then some moons are so orange and then some moons are so tiny and far away. It doesn't even fit, you know? Oh, I loved it. I loved it so much. And <laughs> I don't know if this is TMI, but we started doing that because I could tell my daughter was preteen and getting to like start menstruating. And so I was trying to kind of get into this like vibe of, you know, cyclical and like honoring kind of a more intuitive nature. And it was just really cute. And so we kind of just, it was my daughter and I, we bonded doing that every month. And that's when I would like, you could tell me all the questions you have because the boys aren't here. It's our little secret girl, you know, so that's where it started, but anybody can and should do that. I loved it. That is so wonderful. Yes. That was one of the things I brought up and I said, when my daughter's older, I yeah. want to incorporate yeah. that into our routine. So yeah. I'm definitely going to be doing that. Thank awesome. you for sharing that. Okay. Let's end with this one. If there was no time or money limit, where would you travel or explore next? That is a tough one because I have to tell you, I hate flying, like really, truly avoid it at all costs. So if we can pretend also on top of no expense and no time limit, that it's like a teleportation type of thing, then 
Um, I'm really fascinated to be honest about um, all the medical literature they're showing on microdosing psychedelics to treat um, trauma. And like most people in this world, I've had a significant amount of trauma. And I, I believe in the research and I find that results are getting fascinating, but I secretly would love to go to like a healing center. They have them in Sweden and in other European countries where you can go and do this like healing experience with microdosing the psychedelics. That might sound crazy, but I would love to try that sometime. So that's what I would love to do. And I'm like, Laura, just get on the airplane and do it. But they're so they're expensive and far away. So I haven't yet. But that's what I would do. Well, I hope you can snap your fingers <laughs> and just appear there. <laughs> Okay, this has been so, so great. Thank you for your time today. I'm so glad we could ch chat about all of this and you're gonna be helping so many more parents and kids get all this knowledge. Thanks for adventuring with us. Please subscribe and share your love by reviewing our podcast with five stars and follow us over at Kids Who Explore on Instagram and all other social media platforms.